Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast, where we discuss the 500 best albums of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, every week, joined by Billy Hills, Hello. the studio manager at Apollo Audio, and Miles Mitchell, uh, me, composer, extraordinaire. What else do we say about you? Musician. All round great guy. All round great guy. That's just what everybody. That's just, what everybody just, says just about best. you. And me, Martin Lumsden, who tries to keep order. So welcome along to the podcast. We'll be doing this uh, every week. Two albums every week. Uh, this week on the podcast, we had the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and we had Toots and the Maytals' Funky Kingston, which was top ten, wasn't it? Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill was Lauren number was 10. ten on the list. Rightly so. So those are our two albums this week. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to hear what you guys have to say about this because I had a I had a week of conflict. I think best week. Best week. Okay. Well, where do you want to start, guys? Should we get Toots out of the way? I feel bad saying that, but... Let's get Toots out of the way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so, I toots, toots and the Maytals. Is it Maytals or Maytals? May- I struggle to like, search May-tals. every time. May-tals. Toots and the Maytals, I think it is, yeah. Which is a name that I know really well, but musically didn't really... Well, I knew what kind of style of music it was going to be, but other than that, I was like, name a song? Nope. <laughs> no. wouldn't have been able to do that name an mm. album nope wouldn't have been able to do that so yeah Funky Kingston by Toots and the Maytals Who's, who wants to jump in and talk about that I was not looking forward to this album in the slightest and when I stuck it on I was pleasantly surprised yeah. it just just made me quite happy it just, just brings a smile to your face doesn't it and the thing with that sort of style and reggae it can sound a little bit samey when you're doing that same like 2-4 up strum on the guitar but when they when they like divert from that and the songs did sound a bit different I really really enjoyed it and again that 2-4 up strum bit I quite enjoyed it it does have its place in that style of music and I was surprised how many songs I actually recognised from them I didn't know how many of them were covers is Louie Louie a cover is that original? Yeah. cover cover and there was another one in there that I really recognised well, but yeah Country Road? Yeah, so on. Country yeah, that's Road, yeah. yeah. Slight, um, slight lyrical change on yeah, that yeah, one, but yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a cover as well, yeah. Yeah, the only thing i say is some of it is, I think you can't get away from that genre so much, but a little bit samey, but just a great like upbeat album that I didn't mind putting on again for the second time. It's funny with reggae because I think, well, a lot of genres of music, but especially there's... You know, it's not like you just say, oh, I'll put on some reggae. Well, some people do, but yeah. you don't think I'll just put on some reggae, I'm on a run, whatever. But every time I do listen to reggae or it's put on, it's always in quite a unique moment and it really fits the moment. So, yeah. you know, I used to go to Nottingham Carnival a lot and that yeah. was obviously, the, you know, yeah. and, and that the soundtrack is reggae music, yeah. the roots of reggae music and it's amazing. I've also got a friend who I do a lot of gigs with, shout out to Kamani, who's a, a Jamaican guy and he he just gave me a history lesson on reggae. And ever since that, I got more and more into yeah. it. I could have named a couple of their songs, but this was the first time I've gone through their whole album. And like Bill, I loved it. It was great. You can't help but smile. You can't mm. help but feel good. Um, yeah, you could say that's quite samey, but like we had this argument on a previous pod, you know, how different do you want an album to be? Like, yeah. the, you know, the point of an album, I think in a lot of ways, you might want to show different sides to you, but you also want to have a through line that runs through yeah. it. And they definitely do. I mean, there was one song that they broke down a bit. Was it, 
bit of a ballad, but then yeah. the reggae kicks back yeah. in about two minutes yeah. in. Yeah. Um, but I loved it, and I li- I listened again and again, and I will continue now to just to listen to. It. I thought it was yeah. a great feel good album. And I think if you don't know enough about certain genres, it can sound all a bit same. I think metal as well, he gets that. If, you, if you've never heard that sort of style of music before, they can all sound the same. Yeah, you sort of switch yeah. off straight yeah. away because you think yeah. you know what you're getting. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. I would say, it would say it was interesting that I knew the name. Oh, yeah, Toots the Maytales, of course. Mm. And then mm. it was like, well, what songs have they done? I was like, I don't know any of these. Even mm. the one that I think Pressure Drop is yeah, supposed like, yeah. oh, that's yeah, the yeah. big hit. And like, Funky Kingston. I'm not yeah. sure I've ever heard this before. Yeah. I think, what's it, 54, 56, that's my number? Is that the, uh, is that, I've got mm. the right title of that. I'm not even sure that's on this album. But that was a title of a song that I recognised. Yeah. Country Roads, obviously, Louie Louie, I recognised those titles, but I don't think I'd heard those versions before. Good versions, so, aren't they? Yeah, Who really cool. Louis Louis. Uh, it was originally rock, rock wasn't it? Rock yeah. Well, it's, a, it's 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 a it's an old sixties uh, right. track, I yeah. think. It's I'll, I'll, so I've got the Corey men in my head now, and it's not that. It's the something um, yeah. men. <laughs> uh, you'll have heard it on um, soundtracks for the like well I'm saying you might have not heard it on it, uh, but soundtracks to the likes uh, Animal House. I think it would have been on you know National Lampoon's. Uh, Animal House mm. it'll be on that sort of movie anything that's sort of 50s, 60s period movie probably gets soundtracked by Louis Louis by the Kingsman uh, there you go cool. uh, covers of Louis Louis by uh, Toots and the Maytals Motorhead Otis Redding Iggy Pop uh, Tom Pitt and the Heartbreakers John Belushi Black Flag The Kinks The Beach Boys Barry White The, the Trogs yeah. it's, a, it's a well well covered yeah, well covered uh, song and then uh, Country Roads, John Denver song. Uh, obviously, normally West Virginia is where he's heading yeah. back to, not yeah. uh, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this yeah. the album from them? And has this got all the hits on that they're known for? Well, they, it's the Metals. Yeah. Well, I, I'd say I don't know. I kind I of feel like... It is their main album, yeah. I kind of wanted to, like, rather than... Because I'm always interested, for me, on, like, listen to the album rather than research the band, mm. if you know what I mean, because I'm sure there's more to know about Toots mm. and the Maytals a bit, but um, I was interested in the album. And like I said, I was kind of... I, 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 this is a name of an artist that's been in my life <coughs> for as long as I can remember. So I've like, never heard of him I before. know. Do you know? I know, know the name, but I thought I would therefore recognise songs. I would get, oh yeah, that's that Toots and the Maytals song. But I was like, nope. Right. <laughs> yeah, didn't know that because I mean con- contextually they came before Bob Marley where reggae was sort of like commercialised yeah. and put out to yeah. the world but they effectively probably in terms of big names they probably laid the foundations mm. for then for then and and I I did actually read that um, the record producer entrepreneur businessman uh, Chris Blackwell Island signed Records. them yeah. both yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, signed Bob Marley and then because of Toot and the Maytals we're like, right, we'll do Bob Marley and the Whalers. Yeah. And oh, so cool. signed off the back and I think, well, I don't know, for me, I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bob Marley but I don't, I don't see that, I thought some of these songs could have easily like gone around the world in a sort of commercial mm. and had commercial success. Yeah. Which I know it kind of did but I still feel that they were still quite, you. uh, uh it was still, they were massive in sort of Jamaica and things and, yeah. and they didn't quite have the widespread success that Bob Marley had. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was great. feels like they're the band that nearly took reggae mainstream. 
Yes. But they're the sort of the precursors. Yeah. To, you before uh, you did then that. Once, once you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's definitely some other sort I don't of... even know what to say in response to that. <laughs> there was definitely... What interests me, I thought you could... When you, we read it out last week, I thought, Wicked, we'll get a nice sort of... You know, we've got an, a reggae album to this too. Yeah. But you definitely feel like a bit of soul, a bit of funk, a bit yeah. of country even come mm. through. A um, bit of rock. It wasn't... It wasn't... I think it would be wrong to say it was a complete reggae album. You can definitely feel some other. No, genres that's why I enjoyed it because, like, in. you do like it when it was like the knees up one, like the pressure up there was proper, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when it breaks away from that, that's what makes that's what makes an album for me. You've got like the ebbs and flows, yeah. haven't you? With all with yeah. there being a consistent through line, but it yeah. kind of deviates yeah. a little bit for sure. Because I mean, now I mean, I don't know as much as the current, but you know, like reggae's gone into like this dancehall music, which mm. is like vibes cartel and mm. artists like that. But they all nod back to this Funky Kingston album as being like the main album that influenced yeah. them all. So I think it, it was actually, what number was it on the list? Uh, I got a feeling it was 300 and something, wasn't it? <laughs> when did yeah. like, sort of Bob Marley peak then? Were they around the same sort of time? I think his a first bit, album bit after, dropped, I think. dropped, his first album, which was like quite small, dropped a cinema, similar time and then he got bigger yeah. and bigger, yeah, about five years after. Certainly, I mean, I think his Late biggest 70s, album, Exodus is 79, 80, I think, yeah. uh, Bob Marley. But I mean, again, he's he's one of those artists that died really, really young. Sort of short career, died really young, but massively influential. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, there's another weird tie to each of the albums we've done. Oh, I was I was wondering if either of you had noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what are the chances <laughs> yeah. when you when you got you're picking these at random? I know. How can that happen? So is it Bob Marley's son is going out with Lauren Hill? That is yeah. correct. Yes, yes. Well, and the, they recorded it in Jamaica. Well. In Jamaica. I was going to say that was that was the main thing. Yeah. Like, so it was number three hundred and forty-four. Toots and the Toots and the Maytals. Yeah. Right. Uh, three hundred forty-four. But yeah, the, what, when we're picking these completely at random, <laughs> and then pick yeah. up two numbers and go, that num one's at number ten and one's at number three hundred and forty-four, and yet they're both recorded in Kingston. <laughs> Jamaica. Yeah. What and her and there's definitely well we'll come on to it, but you can definitely hear reggae influences obviously mm. in her album, and it was. Um, there were so many similarities, so yeah, it is crazy. We've had a lot of those, haven't we? Mm. I thought it was uh, the same as you guys, I think. It was just an easy listen. Mm. Yeah. Um, without kind of being really like, oh, there's something really standy out on here. It was just like, yeah, I could stick that on. You know, yeah. we, we spoke before about like the sort of the, uh, uh, I think we were, when we were talking about Bon Iver, I'm getting the pronunciation good now. Bon Iver. Bon, bon, <laughs> yeah. bon, bon Iver. Bon Iver. Um, that um, it's the sort of uh, dinner party music. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of, you know, I'm quite hip, I've got this yeah, nice, yeah. what's that lovely acoustic sound in the background kind of thing? And I thought, well, this is dinner party music as well, isn't it? But it's, or house party music yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's different, it's a different Probably, party. Yeah, slightly more party. For, yeah. 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 It's still stick, if you stick it on, it's safe, isn't it? No yeah. one's, yeah. no one's really going to go, ah, get oh, I hate, yeah. You're not going to notice, you're going to enjoy it without really noticing it. Yeah. If it's on yeah. For a standard, like you say, for a standard two, four upbeat reggae song, you've got to be, a strange person to say I don't like that it's like yeah. feel good music yeah. it, 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 where it's designed is to make you feel good it's about party yeah. but represents a culture in Jamaica that it's incredible you know it's like, in terms of genre it's like it's quite amazing that it did hit the mainstream because mm. it's so specific to sort of Jamaican roots mm. and it's, it's great I think um, like I say it's kind of morphed into this more dancehall thing which is now which is now on the rise but um it sounds like these guys were like, you know, one of the first to sort of um, really put it on the mainstream and then Bob Marley obviously took it to mm. another yeah. level. Um, Do we know how many's in the band? Is, that, is 
Toots the main guy. Is that his name? Yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. the main guy. Yeah. I don't know how many Maytals there were. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I feel like my research is letting me, letting what me was down your, here. What was your guy's favourite tune? <laughs> I really like Louis Louis, but I think yes again because I've heard that one before. Yeah. It's a bit of an earworm, and then Pressure Drop, my two standout ones. Are you yeah. Martin? I don't know that I really had a standout. I felt like I would because I was. When, I think when I went to listen to this first of all. Or the Toots and the Maytals thing. I was, like I said, it was Pressure Drops, a well-known song. I was like, yeah. oh, is that the one I know? And then I listened to it and went, no, it's not the one I know. <laughs> is there one I know? Um, I don't know. So having got to that stage, I was like, oh, there, is there really a standout? There was the more um, familiar songs where, like I said, Louie Louie and um, Take Me Home Country Roads because yeah. I already know those songs. But then there's all the other songs on it that have that sort of air of familiarity without me really knowing what they were. It's like, they could be, I could have heard these a hundred times or I could be hearing them for the first yeah. time. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter because, and I don't mean this in a band way, in a bad way, they all sort of blend together anyway. It's like, like I said, kind of stick it on. I understand why uh, if you're down in Camden Market and you're out shopping and they go like all around the markets it's like there's a reason why they put on these types of albums these kinds of uh, tracks because you know that sort of music fatigue that you get in the if you're working in a store you kind of go oh not that song again <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you'd get that with this kind of thing I think no. you can have it on in the background mm, and feel good a yeah. lot and not kind of go oh it really, I it went quite quickly as well really I, was vibe. I was surprised when it ended yeah 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 it like it really Didn't drag on. It really creates a vibe, doesn't it? It really yeah. takes you to a place, sunshine, happiness. It's yeah. hard to be like, like I say, you got to look at someone strangely if they're like, oh, not, don't put this tune on again or, or these guys. It's, it feels great. Yeah. I really liked the opening track, actually. Time Tough, I thought mm. that was really good. Mm. I thought that was great. A pressure drop, I thought was good. But I think Funky Kingston was actually there, is one of their biggest hits. Mm. I think that's the one that most people would recognise. And, and, um, First issued in Jamaica and the United Kingdom in 1973. A different album with the same cover was issued in the US in 1975. Uh, that was compiled from three previous albums. <laughs> the album peaked at number 164 on the Billboard chart, was voted the 11th best album of 1975 in the Jazz and Pop poll. In 2003, the album was placed number 378 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums. Uh, 380 in a 2012 revised list and 344. So it's always been sticking around that same yeah. sort of yeah. mid-300s place, I suppose. Their first release distributed by Island Records, uh, A Critical Triumph. Lester Bangs, writing a stereo review, described the album as perfection, the most exciting and diversified set of reggae tunes by a single artist yet released. Wow. So uh, obviously reggae was a sort of a... Around, but mm. not. But that was a sort of, I suppose, like we said, popularized. Yeah, popularized. Popularized. What does that mean? They took it to a level, which then obviously, like we say, I think Bob Marley then took it to another level, which was, which was crazy. I mean, and I suppose I'm, I'm struggling. The toots, like I said, that kind of what a name, right? Toots and the Maytals. Yeah. it's not easily forgotten. Then I'm thinking, okay, we've mentioned Bob Marley a lot. We've said Toots and the Maytals because we're obviously talking about. This album. Yeah. Name me another reggae act. Not you before he builds. Say doesn't struggle really. Um Kamani would kill me. He he, he literally <laughs> showed me so many. Um And I'm not saying there aren't many, but it's like that I, what what I don't, and I'm not sure that maybe I would have if had I been asked the question without having done this, would I even have come up with Toots and the Maytals? But 
I don't know, is it, is it interesting as a, as a genre? Is it, is it a genre that lends itself to uh, particularly... I mean, obviously, I'm aware of our sort of cult- cultural representation here. I think we've got <laughs> more scar over here as three well. Three white guys we? sitting in a room in Hartford. Uh, <laughs> we're probably not exposed to as much reggae as we might be if we were from a different part of the world. Yeah. It's such a big genre over... Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, we weren't exposed until this um, Chris Blackwell exposed yeah. it to the mainstream and Bob Marley was the main guy. Toots and the Maytals were as well, but they eat at Bob Marley. Um, there must be some others we know as well. This is where we edit them in. And yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got, who was Bob Marley? Damien, um, Damien uh, Marley. That's going to cop out. I think was he? I mean, but, I'm not saying that to try and catch anyone out. I'm just saying it's it's interesting because I, I think a lot of this, like re- reggae and the Jamaican scene, and the, that influences, like you just said, ska as well. That's that's a descendant, is that right? Yeah. Of of uh, reggae or at least a close relation. Yeah. And then you kind of get into certainly in the UK. I know that you've got bands like the Selector, the Beat, uh, Madness, the Specials. Yeah. Um, who are all presumably like going back to this sort of uh, music, that influx coming into the <laughs> yeah. to the UK, listening to that, then wanting to replicate that in their own fashion, yeah, and, uh, and make that their own mm. in some way. But um, Damien Marley was Bob's son, who I think was went out with Lauren Hill, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But he was a DJ. Yeah, I mean the specials, like you say, they kind of. Um, I think that's more scar though, isn't Scott, it? Yeah, yeah, but this is kind of scar. What's the main difference? I don't know. Good question. I it's, think that was, it's more like <laughs> knees up sort of like... Yeah, it's... it's it feels like more You're right, that's it? a really good question. What is the major difference between reggae and scar? Find out next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week when uh, we ditch this when concept. we had to do some research. <laughs> scar yeah. evolved out of reggae, right? Yeah, I think Obviously, so. Obviously, reggae was, was the two foot... That, that kind of, yeah. But then... So he's got though. It seems like fast. Yeah, it's like punk. The very sort of English version yeah. of reggae. Is that right though? I don't know. Is 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 Sky English? I don't know. I don't know. It's just the bands we've known. Baggy trousers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a mate of mine's in a in a Sky band. Buster Shuffle. <laughs> it's Sky. They talk, they talk people, around. People, you know, the, Google's great with the people also ask some of the questions that yeah. come up. Always make me laugh. But one that's here is: Is Scar just fast reggae? yes but uh, the good answer is the difference between ska and reggae is subtle and nuanced mostly involving tempo and rhythm reggae tends to be slower and more laid back while ska is a bit punchier like you said Billy Uh, reggae evolved from ska well other way around the story how both these musical styles originated in Jamaica is quite interesting yeah because something an article I read was saying for the ska it kind of concluded the album and, and it re- referenced the Toots the Maytals album to the Scar genre. Mm, yeah. And I was like you, yeah. I kind of thought probably wrongly that, that, that Scar was our version of reggae, but yeah. it sounds like they were both I feel it's, it, it, in it, Jamaica. It does, like you said, kind of create this fascination doing this, uh, listening to these albums, thinking, yeah, like I said, Toots the Maytals, know them, never listened to an album. Good that I have now. Now I've got a better idea of what they actually are rather than what I think they are. And then... You do get into questions like, what is the difference between ska and reggae? And what do I know about the two of them? And like, I realised that although my musical taste is quite wide, it's not very deep. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kind of, I, 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 there's lots of stuff that I've listened to or lots of stuff I'm aware of, but my knowledge of it is like very surface level. Mm. 
and it's easy to even kind of let myself off by going, oh, I'll just listen to this reggae album. Go, oh, now I know Toots the Maytales, <laughs> I'm into reggae. Not really. I know nothing about it. Still mm. know nothing about it's, it. It's, I don't it's, know it's, the like difference said, between and, that and Scar. There's a lot of depth to the genre. Like when I had these car journeys with my mate, who I do feel bad now that I can't remember. I would remember the songs, but I can't remember the artist and he'd be killing me right now. You should get him on. But I should. Mm. But he was showing me some tunes that have, that, that it, within reggae or Scar, the genre really evolved. So, so some guys have gone right, really pop with it, but yeah. still you can hear the reggae, yeah, but they've yeah, gone yeah, really yeah. pop. Some some have gone like more soulful with it. And it is incredible. Like some of the tunes are amazing, amazing vocals and it's a real vibe. And um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll get more for a little special mm. guest to talk yeah. us more about the, about, yeah, about the genre. We, we've yeah. mentioned before, we'll definitely get people on who kind of know a bit more about this kind of yeah. stuff rather than us kind of just going, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> or I didn't. We haven't had it. We haven't had it. I didn't yet, have we? there's sort of a I'll get on alright with this might not yeah. go back to it I mean if you're getting an album in the top like 500 it. it's, it's got a there's going to be something <clears throat> as musicians songwriters composers yeah. that we're going to you'd, you'd think so wouldn't you you know we'll like see something. there's a lot of albums to get through yet yeah. even David <laughs> we'll Bowie <see>. liked okay tits and the Maytales have we have we have we done that album yeah I said I I agree with you guys it was just like very pleasing and you know, play I, it again I don't feel like I, I don't even feel like I want to criticise it in, in the sort of uh, not criticise it in a <laughs> negative way but just like do a critique on it it's just like why would you it's just mm. like that's it's good nice, isn't it it's fun. great embodies <laughs> the culture what did Rolling Stone say about it uh, yeah I like, I, you're testing me here like I, I should I should have all this set up I'll just edit this a bit out whilst I'm researching <laughs> Rolling Stone said about Funky Kingston, loose, funky and exuberant, Kingston is the quintessential document of Jamaica's greatest act after Bob Marley, showcasing some of the Maytel's best songs, Pressure Drop, which was later covered by The Clash, and borrowing from soul, pop and gospel, Funky Kingston introduced the world to the great Toots Hibbert. He performs versions of Louie Louie and in a down-home surprise, John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads with Toots changing the lyrics from West Virginia to West Jamaica. So that feels like more of a description of the album. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought there was a Clash song on there, and I thought it was Louie Louie at first. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clash did come yeah. with that. But, uh, but yeah, pressure. I mean, the, yeah, that's, that's when you get into that uh, interesting culture of the, the Clash as well, uh, and some of those sort of punk acts and that, that really did, again, go back to yeah. the ska, went back to reggae, and yeah. were using that as a lot of influence, especially the Clash, I think. I think there's a couple Clash albums on the list, isn't there? I'd have thought there will be at least one. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. All right. That was Toots and the Maytals. <laughs> Album number two this week, then, is number 10 on the list. So this is the second time we've hit a top 10 album. What was the other one? We did number one. Oh, we yeah, did, uh, oh we yes, did, uh, Marvin What's yeah, Going yeah, yeah. On, Marvin yeah, Gaye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Another memorable one. Yeah, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. Number, number one? What was that? <laughs> Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill from 1998. Here's what it says. Although already a star as co-leader of the Fugees. Is it the Fugees or the Fugees? Fugees. It's like refugees. <laughs> refugees. I know. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> um, with Wycliffe Jean. She was hungry to express her own vision. I wanted to write songs that lyrically move me and have the integrity of reggae and the knock of hip-hop and the instrumentation of classic soul, said the singer of her debut album. 
She took control of recording, writing, producing, arranging and helming sessions that included collaborators like pianist John Legend, still in college when he got the call to go to New Jersey where Hill was recording, and pathfinding R&B artist Angelo. They shaped a sound that went from money-hating banger lost ones to subtle, glorious, heartbreaking monuments such as X Factor and the swinging sermon Do Wop That Thing. For I Used to Love Him, Hill duetted with hip-hop soul forebear Mary J. Blige. Each song was driven by a clarity of vision and personal honesty that felt revelatory. So there you go. That's from Rolling Stone's um, list. It's basically taking a lot of So that's what they said. We don't need to say anything else. Um, so yeah, number 10, Lauren Hill. Unreal, uh, really good. I think really it's, good. not even just saying that, I think it's possibly one of my favourite albums I've ever listened to as well. So oh. had you heard it before? I've heard yeah. of it and it's, it's been on one of them lists that I've always like saved to go to listen to yeah. and never got round to it. And I just love everything about it. I love the little talking interludes in between. I love all the parts like that because it really sets the scene, doesn't it? It's what just, is it with hip-hop artists and little interludes in I between? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, that last um, week as well. but I love, she ticks all the boxes for me, like her rapping, she's like one of the best. She's like every rapper's favourite rapper especially from that sort mm. of time. I love like, the neo, neo soul stuff and and her voice is unbelievable as well. And the amount of times this album has been actually sampled mm. in some modern day hip hop stuff as well. Yeah. And the beats and everything, like J. Cole uses it, Drake has done. Yeah. Um, yeah, unbelievable album. Really, really enjoyed it. And it didn't feel too long because it is a long album, isn't it? It reaches like, over an hour. I think yeah. It does. yeah, it does. It does. It's and I've, 17, 17 and tracks. I think it was... Uh, yeah. All killer, no filler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're into that, uh, like we've talked before about the difference between that um, vinyl era, if you like, yeah. with the Toots and the Maytals album, whatever it was, 30 something minutes. And then you're into the CD era, yeah. era where you're like, okay, we can do an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. On a, but that's an interesting an segue because my thought when listening to it was how good this would be on a vinyl. I have to get this on yeah. vinyl. The production was raw. like, And then you saying that quote from Rolling Stone sums it up i think um her vocals raw the drum production i love the snare was amazing really 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 good um and though she worked with some big artists d'angelo mary j blige is it santana carlos santana Santana, which is that's my favorite one yeah very guitar yeah you know spanishy guitar but i think I did a little bit of context. She actually fell out with the production duo that did this because they were relatively unknown. New and, Arc. Yeah, New yeah, Arc. Yeah. But that, when I read that, I said, okay, that makes sense. It, though it didn't feel like, not that it felt amateur or anything, it just felt raw. Yeah. And I loved that. It wasn't, it wasn't all shiny. Wasn't I it lo- that they weren't the credited? Was that not the, uh, was that not the objection? That they said, we, we were involved, but it, it says basically everything done by Lauren Hill. But yeah. they're like, no, hold on a minute. Oh, right. We were involved. Yeah, but she wanted full credit control, a, basically. And that's how it is credited. I believe there was an out-of-court settlement, so nobody yeah. knows what they agreed right. on. Yeah. I think that was the dispute. And they moved, they moved studios a couple of times, didn't they? Started, in, New started York, in New Jersey, New moved Jersey. to uh, Jamaica. Jamaica, Jamaica yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really, I mean, she's obviously, she's like a hero and mm. rightly so. She, it, I think not only is she very well respected in the commercial sense from, from fans, I think mm. people who know the music producers, musicians, like you were saying, current artists, they lured back to her as a true inspiration. And um, I thought it was great. And actually what I loved about this, we talk about, 
kind of contradicting myself from what I said earlier, talking about sort of albums and having the through line, I actually felt this kind of jumped around a few yeah. different genres yeah. and which I also really enjoyed. So I'm not sure what I what I think about this sort of what do you get from album. I think some songs, you know, some ballads in there, yeah. some soulful ballads, and then you like definitely some the the opening track, definitely like a reggae vibe. Yeah. And then um obviously like hip hop which runs through it all, I yeah. think. But yeah. I think you never knew what you were getting on the next song. It's quite interesting. That's what wasn't I liked. It? And I think the actual the talking, like the sample bits, that kept the like Yeah, it kept the through yeah, line going. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, it but, felt a bit more uh, relevant and consistent than say the Destiny's Child album yeah. last week, which felt like, oh, we need to put something in between yeah. tracks, so we will. Sorry, yeah. That that's was just actually, kind of yeah. say something. And that but felt, didn't necessarily feel like it was necessary, whereas it, it felt like yeah. this was more deliberate. Y- yeah. That felt so like nineteen ninety nine that album was and this, this didn't, did this it? This feels like you can tell it's like nostalgic because you've heard some of the songs before. But they can release it but, now. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't feel that at all Destiny Child I love because it took me back to that place in the 90s nostalgia this didn't get nostalgia sorry like obviously girl you know you better like you know where you were when that was coming out but all the other songs the songs I didn't know could be a yeah current song that's released now. Yeah. I think that's actually a really yeah. good point you make. Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't feel like oh this is so nice. Especially like is that, uh, it's is not that a final what makes out. it classic. Is that a definite? Is that our definition of a classic album? Maybe that's sort of timeless. Maybe yeah. yeah. And I think he's got just enough like good production on it as well. Like some like seventy albums. Obviously you know it's yes. This still sounds like yeah. modern. And I, I mean, yeah, and it? I think maybe what you're saying Mike, that's an interesting point there with timeless but maybe there's also the element that you know neo neo soul is has come back in the last yeah, few definitely. years the mm. drum production like i was just hearing on the drums i was like thinking of all the samples i got that yeah. sound so similar to yeah, that yeah. i was like wow that's you know that it, it, I, I just couldn't get over the drums and the snare i was like i want to see how they've recorded this yeah. it sounds incredible mm. um they've recorded it well yeah, yeah. that's the answer but it was like well, but raw. But it wasn't like all shiny pop. It was like, yeah, yeah. and and like you say, that quote sums it up. She says she didn't want a computer. That's yeah. perfect. She wanted it a bit raw, mm. and you feel that then the human emotion. And um, yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was great. And I also found out whilst doing the research that she had written for Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston. So I suppose yeah. Well, while she was making help. this album, she was sitting on these songs writing them for other people and then she realised it was all so personal oh, really? I might as well that the story release it myself and she, this is her only album she's done a live album after like an MTV Unplugged sort of thing right yeah. and I think yeah I find it. that amazing yeah. that it's kind of drop your debut album 1998 <laughs> there's been the Fugees album before that and then that's it kind of cool though mic yeah. drop and just be like see she was that to her first legacy she was in like Sister Act or something like she's that as well yeah, she, she was like filmed. acting as well yeah right. I'm sure I did look this up and now I've forgotten what I found out what has Lauren Hill been doing since this album she's been out of love the industry she's saying so I think mm. she's I think she had a couple like court things she had a thing on. with the label or something yeah. I think as well and yeah I mean god that'd be great if she she kept, she, she came back on the scene yeah. but she must be writing still, surely. She must, like... You can't just stop well, she, I mean, writing, she's writing, producing, for, yeah. something. She's yeah. writing for, like... She, well, she was writing for artists like Whitney and Aretha yeah. and then releasing this album, which was had got massive commercial yeah. success. She probably... And in the 90s, where it was, the record industry was booming, probably can just do the old... There's my album, I'll see you guys later. Especially if you're and, getting sampled every couple of years. Yeah, of exactly. Big tunes. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, a interesting one for me it's number 10 on the list it's obviously very high up you guys obviously very taken with it i was sort of fascinated that previous lists didn't really show up on previous lists and then it's suddenly you know it is it does feel like a reassessment after a long period of time it's like this one has to be there and it doesn't just kind of 
pop up. You know, it's not like it wasn't number ten on the list when it was released. It's number ten on the release thirty years later. Mm. Um, and in the interim, I don't know. It doesn't show up on that many lists other than the sort of Rolling Stone five hundred list. You look at other sort of best albums of yeah. all time, top one hundred, all that. But you're not necessarily seeing this album come up, which I found was interesting. Mm. That went at what point has it sort of totally gone? No, that is a classic. <laughs> I think it's 30 years later, it's a generation that's probably grown up with it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And it's the generation's favourite album. Yeah. And you've got to think, in terms of similar artists who have done something as good as that sort of raw hip-hop soul, you know, there, ha- there are some, but that she, that's that's... For me, that's the best. Yeah, that album mm. is and she was like the sort of first female to do it as well. Yeah, She's exactly. Like, yeah, to yeah, sing yeah. and rap yeah. and do it so well. Yeah, that's true. And no one, I don't think anyone's come come near to that really. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite tunes? Uh, I loved Final Hour, where she just like all out hip hop, just rapping. Yeah, it's like five or six tracks in. Loved that one and to Zion. Oh yeah, yeah. Zion was oh, yeah. good. I liked X Factor as well, which X Factor. Yeah. yeah. And the touring of the covers, I thought her cover, which is like now gone down as a very yeah. favourite of the Content Miles of you. Yeah. She really plays with the rhythm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now that <laughs> that cover gets covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is always shows you've done a good cover. If your cover then gets covered. Yeah, yeah, that's the one to do. Yeah. It's really great li- listening to you guys uh, talk about this because I was initially, or still maybe, massively conflicted about this because I started yeah. listening to it and I, I, I listened to the whole thing, gave it some time, I haven't listened to this, know of Lauren Hill. Couldn't say I was like a big fan, but I wasn't like anti anything. It was just like, yeah, that's okay. Music, Lee. And I listened to the album, and I, my listening of it was like basically informed a lot by why the hell is this number ten? <laughs> I don't quite understand what the thing is that makes it a top ten album. Couldn't really get it. Trying to get my head around it. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy it, but I was also a bit non-gripped mm, okay. when I when I listened to it. So I was kind of str- struggling. A little bit just to just to get it. Not you know quality. I, I get, but the actual sort of what is the thing yeah. in this that's like the top tenness mm. of it. And I was sort of fully prepared to come in to have that argument. <laughs> Almost <laughs> really kind of going, come on. I think and, and not knowing what you guys would think about it. But you you know and and Billy, you said long before we started yeah. recording on this. I think yeah. when we first when you first played yeah. it last week or a week ago when I was speaking to you, you went. I love that. That yeah. is awesome. So I was looking forward to listening to it, even from that basis, yeah. that you'd, be, you'd taken to it so much. And I struggled <laughs> <laughs> to get it, to really get into it. But... I is it just to, the number of... Is it just the fact it's number two, if it was 450? I, yeah, I think that, that, it, label. It, that would have... Um, it would have troubled me less because yeah. I wouldn't have been trying to figure out why yeah. it was so highly regarded. But I was listening to it again this morning. And uh, I don't know what, you know, there's a thing about, remember, I think we've spoken about this maybe on the podcast about you know, repetition causes you to, you know, you can, yeah, yeah. something that you might not yeah. like, but if you hear it, if it's forced down your, <laughs> down your loads of times, yeah. you'll start to like something. Yeah. But I think there's also an element of, oh, I just didn't get it. And then suddenly it'll drop. There's been artists that I know in the past, like I think we've mentioned before, Bob Dylan, for example, yeah. that I just didn't get. And then there was a period when I was listening, I did listen to some Bob Dylan stuff and I was like, oh, I sort of hear it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. what's going on. Listening to it again this morning, I could almost go, right, rather than saying, why is this number 10? I was thinking, give it 20 years, this will be number one. 
because mm. I was thinking, I get their relationship between this and the Marvin Gaye one, for example, yeah. as a sort of a, here's a cultural, ex- yeah. a, a, an expression of a culture and a time that is also classic. Yeah. yeah. And whether I sort of really engaged with it or not, I really got what it was. What it was this morning, I think, just yeah. listening to it more. And I was in, even just on a second listen, I was enjoying the music a lot more as well, yeah. which yeah. was even interesting for me as well. Oh, I sort of, it's not bugging me yeah. <laughs> like it did the first time. Like maybe it was just a trying too hard. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I was listening to it in a different place. But it was really interesting to have that experience on it um, second time round. I still there are things like. Like said that that um, those intro bits uh, said weren't as sort of jarring as maybe the Destiny's Child version yeah. of it was. But there are bits in that still that I was like, I mean, what they do that roll call, that class roll call yeah. at the beginning. I was like, what kind of weird roll call is this? It's not in any order. What's going on? Is it alphabetical? It's not alphabetical. Why are they doing? Just reading out names. <laughs> surely, surely you've got a list that's in some kind of order. But that's just my. OCD. I've always loved that's like my that. OCD taking over. I've always liked it when like. They've left like a microphone in the studio. You can hear people's yeah, yeah, voice. I like that yeah. human element with it. Yeah. And that's why I like that. Yeah, sorry. Thank you very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate your guys' comments. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I think Billy made a good point. It was also coming back to what you said, Mart, about being classic. There was a huge cultural impact around her being the first woman and black woman to be mm. doing an album like this. I think yeah. that that was what was. Um, well, the opening thing on Pitchfork said that, you know, it was a lo- an album, you know, talking about love and why men don't treat women who they are supposed to love. Mm. And if you think about it back in the 90s, that's quite a powerful thing to come out and do in her position. I think that's why, well, you combine that with all for, uh, with what we've said earlier about how much we actually love the tracks and the songs. Yeah. Um, and I think it will 100% stand, stand the test of time not only just from what it from what message it was delivering there in the 90s i think just the um songs just stand up now don't they like we were saying earlier they just stack that that could and i think there's a resurgence of like hip-hop's massive now and, yeah, and that neo soul yeah, stuff exactly. is definitely coming through um so yeah, yeah and like uh, i said people who are on that album uh, d'angelo's who are massively respected yeah. john yeah. legend who's obviously still yeah you know massively respected yeah. that you've you've kind of that and that's at at a time when they weren't as well yeah. known as they are mm. as they are now, so you, yeah. you've got that as a launch pad as well. Yeah. I guess I think I could, I could I could possibly do that climbing even you know, getting yeah. well in the top ten. Yeah, uh, maybe over time the more it climbs, classic album and almost makes it more classic. The fact it's all she's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with you. I was saying yeah by giving it a sort of a statement album and going well this is it because there's been a f- couple of those I suppose already we've had uh, Sex Pistols it's yeah. just like that's that's the one that's yeah. it uh, there's nothing else um, and is that more does that have more validity than say I think we touched on or maybe not whilst we're recording but I touched on this you know it, no matter what you think of the Beatles or Bowie or Prince it's like do you need like nine Beatles albums on the uh, on the top 500 <laughs> no nine um and so you've got one, it it's a classic, you haven't got any bad stuff to reference to either. Yeah. That is the sole piece of work yeah. they've done and it's all bad. Oh yeah, because you always get judged against, yeah. you always get judged against your previous work, yeah. don't you? Yeah. So, Although, as we know, we've already had uh, artists who were like, their 11th album is on this list or there. Yeah. Who uh, was the band last, um, who was the one who'd literally done like 30 albums? Well, we did like, didn't they? Yeah, but then, who did we do last week? Oh, Nine Inch Nails. N- Nine Inch Nails. Uh, 20, yeah. 20 albums 20, in 30 20 years. albums or something, yeah. yeah. 
and I think we might find this as a, we could see this as a thread maybe as we already have discussed the sort of 11th album but with a lot of these artists I think their early work hits the list higher than their later work yeah. I think a lot of reason why the like debut albums are usually like, viewed the best is because you've you've honed your craft of them songs for like five years in the mm. garage with your mates. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden you've made it, and then you've got six months to write these songs rather than like yeah. five years. What rather than it come yeah. organically? Yeah. yeah. This is my whole thing with um, writing sessions. Yeah. You know, like you, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, someone goes, okay, let's have a writing session, and you know, you say you're the artist, you go in as the artist. There might be a producer there, there might be a top liner there, yeah. there might be a you know, session musician there. And it's like, right, nine till five, we've got to write a song. Yeah. When, when have any classics come out like yeah. that? That's going to be, the song is going to sound yeah. exactly what the process was. Fast, yeah. right? Yeah. Am, I, am, I, am I right or wrong? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> let's have that debate another time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we can think of some that did come out exactly. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, true. I think Adele, uh, a lot of Adele's album, first album was written like that, to be fair. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, if you're a good, if the 1960s, 50s, 60s, the Goffin King, uh, all that kind of you know stuff, people just, that's what they did. They were songwriters. Tin Pan Alley, songwriter, yeah. write a song, get a song. How many of those were hits? That was a job. Sit down, write a song. And how many of them were massive hits? But then that kind lots, of like Billy, lots of them. But that kind of goes against the sort of uh, process of writing a, a, a certainly a debut album, doesn't it? In terms of these are songs that's that maybe slightly as a, like, as a band. I mean, that, and that's, that, that's yeah. the difference between what you were both saying. I guess yeah. is, you know, you're, you're describing a songwriting process yeah. as a, I'm writing a song yeah. versus a band who is saying, "Look, we're going to get together and come up with something." Like you said, you'll collect. German, your, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, I just developing this conversation for the hell of it because that's why we're here is that um having the courage to write crap yeah you know to like not to have to think that every song that you that you do is a classic get rid of the crap ones as well write the crap ones yeah. as well is not a bad technique to go okay i've written a song it's not very good i'll write another one mm. is a good skill to develop i think to Definitely. not panic about the fact that i've just written something that's Definitely. not very good because it, it gives you it gives you a scale in your head to go like, okay that's good because i've written that one and that's yeah. crap yeah, yeah, yeah. so i know that one's good you got out your system yeah. as well, rather yeah. than you think because when you start writing songs you think everything you write is brilliant don't you yeah and so, honing your skill and, yeah. and 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 you know that that then develops into the um the culture at the moment because of you know it's easy to record it's easy to release so you know, record everything you write, Definitely. release everything you record has become a culture as well, yeah, yeah. which isn't necessarily good either. I think being able to critique yourself and say, okay, I've done this, but it's not the one. So that, you know, historically, artists, the biggest artists, they would write 30 songs for an album, but they'd only record 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think it's easier, too easy perhaps now for artists to go, I've written 30 songs, I'll record them all, release them all. Mm. And then you don't have the... Um, Quality, quality control. control yeah. Ed Sheeran's um, analogy is always good. You know about the tap water. Do you know about that? Oh yeah. He was like, think of it like a tap. Turn on the tap, you get all the rank muddy water out. All the bad songs, you get yeah. them out, and then eventually you get a bit of clean water. Yeah. And then you might get a bit more mud, and then a bit more clean. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's kind of a good analogy. It, you do, like I was saying to Billy. Sorry, a bit <laughs> all of these stuff recently is just muddy water. Then yeah. <laughs> muddy water. I was, I was saying to Billy recently, like I, it's and it's a bit of a tangent. You might want to cut this. But um, <laughs> I was, I'm very much. And I think Martin, you were saying this the other day when you came in. I I can get on a roll and have a great week, yeah. and everything I seem to write or go on the kick chords on the keys or the guitar. Every fire, oh my god, there's another great yeah. I'm on fire. And then that's maybe 25 percent of the year, yeah. and the 75 percent of the year, I'm sitting in my screen. And I, I am useless. I can't <laughs> yeah. write anything. Yeah. Um, 
But I think with the pressures of making an album, like Martin was alluding to, you know, you've got because there's the pressure then to be like, I'm not in the good, I'm getting writer's block, yeah. I'm not in a good thing, but you have to deliver this album for the label anyway. or for whoever. So you have to release it. And actually, I think maybe like the debut, they've had probably years of honing that album and then being like, right, no, not that one's right. We'll put this yeah. one on the debut. So it's, there definitely is the second yeah. album syndrome, like, like you're saying yeah. that, you know, I've had, like you said, this band's been together for five years. We've just done our debut album. And this, this was certainly more the case when people being signed by labels and stuff. So that, there's, your, there's your songs for your first album. You've put them all in the first album. You've been together for five years. You've now got to deliver another album a year from now. So instead of having five years to, get to create songs, you've got a year to create songs. So the pressure becomes a completely different thing, which is why a lot of artists do struggle post-first album mm. because they've not got the time apart from anything else to put it all together and it becomes a much faster mm. process. But then equally, there's examples of uh, people have just got into the flow and start writing. Yeah. Uh, stuff you know will definitely come to artists that have developed over time that you know that their their critically acclaimed albums are later period yeah. stuff but it's, uh, I, I feel that as a general rule it might be that more of the sort of we did we did one and then disappeared yeah like uh, not that Learn Hill's disappeared but you know one album that's the only one we've the got legacy. to rank and mm. it's the one that's at the top mm. Because artists, artists like to evolve as well, and it's always a strange one. Because I think you put out your debut, you gain your fan base, but then, you know, like we all see as 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 writers, you kind of want to try, you know, try your hand at something else. And yeah. the initial fan base, the lawyer, were like, "Hang on, that's not yeah. what we got into you for. You've gone a bit left field there." But I think, I think you've or the all, alternative, you've, oh, yeah. gone, you've gone less left field. You've gone too mainstream. Or too mainstream. Yeah, yeah. 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 All the, all the, yeah. And so you kind of. Unless there's, I mean, who's a good example of a band who have stuck to their guns in terms of every album? I can't think of the top of my head, but who? ACDC. It's very similar throughout. You know, you know exactly what you're going to get. What you're going to get. Yeah. Album. I always think the band one, the well, sort of the '90s, early noughties bands, actually, and a bit later. I always think like the rawness of like electric guitars, yeah. you know, just standard sort of, you know, live bass. Yeah. They then always the second album the synths always come out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Always, always yeah. the synths yeah. come when out. Do we, when do we get the strings? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that always happens. And I think the hardcores get angry by it, but that goes to the mainstream, you know. Yeah. Arctic Monkeys, great example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make it bigger, strip it back again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's all right. I was reading. I, I saw an article somewhere this morning. Do you remember a band called Star Sailor? Yeah. There was something about them saying, "Oh, we 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 were like the link between the Strokes and something else." I was like, "I've never heard Star Sailor and the Strokes mentioned in the same, <laughs> same sentence, other than by you from Star Sailor." Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice try, mate. Yeah, <laughs> we'd all like to write our own reviews. <laughs> I think I'm like the modern day Beatles. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> People were always saying we were like the Rolling yeah. Stones. They weren't. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, really good. Because I had been thinking, you know, every every time we come to it, is is it because it's the top five hundred albums of all time? Is it going to be like every one that you come across is going to be, oh yeah, this is good, isn't it? Yeah. Or or thinking that you have to find something good in it just because it's in the yeah. top five hundred, rather than sometimes having the courage to go, not for me. Uh, and, it's, and and it was interesting with this one, the Lauren Hill album, to definitely have that experience of first time round going, I don't get it, and then even more interesting, I suppose, to have the second time round going, actually. This is I think great. I do get it, yeah. <laughs> um, and give it give it another chance. Um, I think it's gonna be hard to be beat for me. Like the albums to come, I know we've got like four hundred more to come. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, for, for, yes, that did tick a yeah, lot of boxes. Yeah, I thought it was great as well. But you know, Martin, when we this this whole concept we're doing, it's it's strange in a way because if I asked you to write your top five hundred, you and I, they'd all be completely different, yeah. right? So, oh, yeah, completely. So these, it's not like this computer has generated yeah. what is actually the top 500 it's subjective it's music completely and... but my one would be right <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's, it is interesting that it's uh, I mean this the uh, this obviously it's our it's our music magazine specialist music magazine the vast specialist specialist music people to contribute their comments on what they think are the best ones there's a difference but what between... makes you a specialist you know well I mean yeah you can, obviously um, true but um, what I was going to say was there's a difference between making analysis of what's trying to do an, uh, uh, an objective analysis of what's good versus doing a list of what you like yeah because there's there was a recent um, I think Empire Magazine just published um, their top 100 movies of all right. time but that's a publicly voted list so that's basically a list of favourite movies not a list of best movies but I mean for our, for which doesn't mean they're not the same but they're not the same for, what, you, what my favourite album might not be the one that I would say is objectively the best and that's a different argument from looking at like, because you could do that with albums. You could, I'm sure there's a list out there which is done on album sales. And, yeah. you know, you look at the oh, most yeah. sold albums. Absolutely, yeah. And so, objectively, objectively speaking, you would have to argue that they are the most popular albums, yeah. but, you know, by the people. But these is by industry experts, which always sounds a bit sort of wanky, doesn't it? But yeah. yeah. I think... But yeah, a lot of these won't necessarily have been hits when we covered one already, didn't we? The Bowie uh, Low album, not a big commercial yeah. success. But, yeah. But... Um, was up there later. in the charts yeah really good week very good that's yeah, I said, it's that's really interesting that you, you guys absolutely confirm you know as far as the Rolling Stone list for you guys it's like yeah top 10 yeah. of course it is no problem but Billy you know number mm. one maybe <laughs> um, whereas for me I'm like I don't know <laughs> listen for a third time then you'll, yeah, be, you'll, yeah, be, you'll yeah. be a fan girl after that well it, it is really like it's, just as a comparison to the Marvin Gaye one I said that was kind of what occurred to me this morning was do I like or did I take to the Marvin Gaye one more because I it, I already knew more about it? That it was already familiar. It's like that yeah. familiarity so thing, that isn't it? I didn't have that sense of having to think about why it was number one because you kind of go culturally, of course it is. Yeah. Marvin Gaye's been around for ages. 1971 was a big deal. What's going on is already... I've heard it a million times. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't... I, I didn't have to think about why I thought it should be in there rather than just kind of go, well, just listen to it. and Right, <laughs> Good. Get the old Love it. Up. Looking forward to doing. Uh, yeah. What, what, what will we come up with next? Shall we figure out our albums for next time, guys? Do it. I think so, we're going to get a top 50 this time. Top 50. Yeah. I don't top 50. And then you're your, your, your guesses have been quite good. I know. They've been quite good. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. First one is fifty-one. <laughs> are you are you, uh, are you actually working that? From behind? Am I psychic? Yeah, I'm literally. I went one too many. Whoops. <laughs> it's one of these. Sometimes I look at this list and I go, "Gosh, the ones on either side of this would be awesome." But uh, we've got, we've got stuck with the one that's in the middle. Um, this again will be an interesting thing for me because it's an artist. You go, yeah, I know, but I don't know anything about really. Number 51 is Chuck Berry oh. and the great 28. So excited. Billy. <laughs> Billy's thrilled. Oh. What, was the, what was the other two? Can we do 50 or 52? <laughs> what were the other two out of interest? 
We, I mean, we could do what we want. We can make up the rules if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> we could do. We could do number fifty because we didn't because we did number ten. <laughs> but we'll have to we'll have to cover it at some point. No, I think we, we should we could wait the rules. We could wait until two thousand and twenty six to do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, fifty one is yeah legend. the great the great twenty. I mean, Chuck Berry is a guitar legend, right? Yeah. I don't know what's on the the great twenty eight. Uh, it's I think it's it's a it's a greatest hits album. This oh, al- this already this already bugs me that that, that they've that got a list allowed. of the best five hundred yeah. albums and they've got greatest hits albums on. It just makes me think of Alan Partridge. Yeah, Bill, good, uh, good guitar. Johnny be good. <laughs> what was he like? What twenty twenty like what what twenties nineteen twenties. What? No. no. What, when he was born? No. Yeah. Hey. No, that's like fifties. Fifties. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, yeah, in, yeah. he's in the fifties and sixties. Fifties, sixties. Yeah, cut that bit out. I think it's called. Maybe I think. I think it's called the Great Twenty Eight because there's twenty eight tracks. Cut that out. I'm gonna say. So you have to now. You have to cut it now. I have to bleep that one. We already have to put explicit on this. Does it matter if it's already explicit? Does it matter how Does it matter how explicit we get? So is he what fifties Elvis time? He says he's a. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Elvis. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he is Elvis. Uh, sorry, what was the... Um, 330. We, oh, th- we're back into the 300s again. We're sticking around the 300s. 330. We did 200 one yet. Uh, okay, well, we're, we're going into complete legends of rock and roll, basically. Chuck Berry and the Rolling Stones. Oh, cool. Okay. 330 is Aftermath by the Rolling Stones. What is that? Uh, I always find it weird talking about the Rolling Stones when I, even then a kind of aftermath by the Rolling Stones is like is that a Rolling Stones album? Mm. I've never heard of that. You know I could, I could name every Beatles album but the Rolling yeah. Stones are like and it makes me if it's 330 think it's not really yeah. one of the good albums. Uh, aftermath <laughs> <laughs> Aftermath was uh, released in 1966 15th of April 1966 recorded in 65 and 66 uh, it must be football's coming home yeah. it must be and <laughs> football's coming home yeah right enough yeah so it must be pretty early um, an artistic breakthrough um, <sighs> for the Rolling Stones it <sighs> says here it does I mean track lists singles that were released from that are Painted Black and Mother's Little Helper so um, we'll right. do that interesting <laughs> it opens up the bright mind doesn't it to more music didn't uh, Paul McCartney just call them a glorified pub rock band recently? <laughs> oh, 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 did he? It's like still stirring it up after 50 years, <laughs> man. 60 years. <laughs> so there you go. Twicking Aftermath by the Rolling Stones and Chuck Berry's, whatever it was called. 28. Greatest hits. The greatest. From the 1920s. Hits. <laughs> the greatest hits of Chuck Berry. Uh, next time on the Apollo Audio Podcast. Cheers, Billy. Cheers, Miles. Cheers, Martin. (laughs) See you later. Sure you forgive me? I listened to a lot of these albums on my runs. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I finished the run. I was like, oh damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got three songs I, left. I, I got the impression you were just wanting to let everyone know that you go out running. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And I go to the gym every day. It's what I should do. You should see him. He's ripped. <laughs> if only this was a video podcast. I'm really not. Every time before we start, just put your top back on, <laughs> guys. For God's sake.